Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. The title of the message this morning is Mission is Possible. The mission is possible. Amen? Who thinks the mission's possible? I know I do. The questions that were asked last week when we sat here and we had the interview, and one of the questions that was asked to me was this. What do you think is going to happen you know, when you come to be the senior pastor next year? What, what is going to happen when you, is there going to be any changes? Can we expect changes? And the questions start to arise as what, as we move forward, what are these things are going to happen in our church? And I want to tell you that what we've heard it this morning as we worshipped. My message today is to remind you that although I can have many ideas, strategies, things to bring to this church, the most important thing is that we adhere to the mission statement of heaven. Amen? It's not about what I've got to do. You see, everything should be in line with His will. So what we've got to remember is that Everything we do should always adhere to the kingdom of God. It's not about new ideas, innovative ideas that could be different from any other church to try and grow the church. It's about adhering to the mission statement of heaven because it's never changed and it never will do. Mission is possible. You see, in this scripture, just before Jesus comes to bring this pivotal point where he reads this scripture that he then says after it, today, this is becoming um, true today. It starts today in your hearing. It's fulfilled. Leading up to this point, we know that Jesus was around 30 years old when this happened. But leading up to this point for 30 years, prophecies had come, things to lead Jesus into his position to be able to sit in this synagogue that day. And one of the people that we know that was before him was John the Baptist who was preparing the way for Jesus to come. And there's a key thing there. That in all of this, I mean, just sat on this front row here, we've got two people who've been preparing the way. And even me, I'm not the end. I'm preparing the way for someone else. We're all in it to prepare the way. And John the Baptist comes, and if it wasn't for John, what I love about this is that Jesus says that he relied on John to prepare the way. He was a great man, he said. So it wasn't as though even Jesus could have come at 20 years old and started to speak. But he waited because he knew that something John had had to be invested to prepare the way. And there's foundations in this church that have been prepared from people before us. We said it last week. That this building wouldn't have been here if it wouldn't have been for this gentleman here who bought the building. So he's prepared the way. And what I want to encourage you is this, that as we move forward, we're always preparing the way for the next generation. We have a mission statement. We have something to do in this church. It's a shame that as I look out this morning, there weren't more of the people here to hear it. Hopefully they'll hear online. But a mission statement is this, when you search it on Google, it says this, a mission statement should guide the actions of an organization. 
spell out its overall goal and provide a path and a guide decision making. It provides the framework or context within which the company's strategies are formulated. I love this bit. He says it's like a goal for what the company wants to do for the world. We should know what we want to do for the world. Not what we want to do for ourselves, but what we want to do for the world. That's why we're here. The church is not here for us. It's for the world. And what does God, we've got to ask ourselves the question before we move into the next season, which, believe you and me, I believe is going to be great. It's going to be awesome. But before we move into that season, we've got to ask ourselves, what does God want us to do for the world? What's our mission statement? And I just want to pull out some um, key points from this scripture, which I believe in Luke 4 addresses and outlines some of the mission statement that, that God wants to give to us. And actually, as a church, as we move forward, we should actually make sure we come back to these things. Everything we decide should almost adhere to this. The first one is preach the word. Jesus said this, proclaim the good news to the poor. The word of God is the most vital thing that we could have. You see, unfortunately, some churches today kind of dismiss the word and they go for more of the worship. And they dismiss other things, but sometimes the word is neglected. Ever since I've been in this church, the word has never been neglected. We've always had that, what I believe is a good balance. And the word of God is vital. You see, right at the very beginning of time in Genesis, it says that the word was the thing that brought things into fruition. God sends his word out. He says it doesn't come back to him void. God's word never comes back void. If he speaks a word over you and says this is what's going to happen, it happens. God's word never becomes void. So his word is the most important thing out of everything we do. Prophecies, when we speak prophecies, should testify about Jesus. It all should come back to him. It shouldn't be about just random things. It should always come back to God. But the word of God is the most vital thing. And sometimes we do. We seek prophets. We seek uh, people to speak words to us. But actually, right here is all the answers that you'll ever need. But God knows that he gives spiritual gifts to help us. Because sometimes we just, we don't always listen. So we... Have, we need these things to help us. The word is so vital. Jesus said this, we have good news. Preach the good news to the poor. Freely you've received it, you need to give it. Jesus was very clear in Luke 9. He said this to the disciples. He said, when Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. One thing I love about this uh, is that he tells us to proclaim. We'll see healing. But one thing is that we always know that in the kingdom of God, it's always about teams, isn't it? He had a team of 12 people. 
Even God in the Trinity works in a team. So actually, together we all do it. It's a team. For what we're going to do, Jesus called 12 together because he knew he'd need 12. And 12 changed the world. And let me tell you this. With the word of God, we have been watered for many years in this place. I know I have. I don't know about you. But you've been watered and fed each week. And at Bible studies, coming and listening and hearing about the word of God. It's been um, addressed and, and, and looked at in detail, preached, prophesied. And we can use what we've learnt to give. Jesus said, preach the good news. Some of us have got the good news in us this morning. And we ain't speaking about it anymore. We're not talking about it anymore. All it is is just coming to church. But we need to preach it. Freely you receive, freely give. Second Timothy 4 says this, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. It basically means all the time. All the time, be ready, preparing yourselves. And there's some of us here today, you're saying, what's the next season got to hold? Jesus is saying to us today, you have been prepared. Some of you are all in the midst of being prepared still. Some of you, it's your in-season. Some, it might be still your out-season. You're ready soon. You're going to be in your in-season. But you need to be prepared all the time to preach the Word. You say, well, I'm I'm not a preacher. I don't want to get up to the front and speak. You don't have to do that. When Jesus said, preach the good news, He sent the disciples out. Into your workplaces, everywhere you go tomorrow, you are ready to preach the word. It's in you. It's invested inside you. The mission of Jesus has never changed. It's the same. You might say, well, what are we going to have new in the church? It's the same. It's the same. We can change things. We can change the colors of the chairs. But it's the same Mission. Unfortunately, some churches today start to look at the Bible and start to dissect and choose what they think is the mission. But I believe that everything that we saw in the book of Acts when the the church was emerging, miracles were taking place, they preached the word, everything there has the ingredients for what we can see to, to see revival in this city. Got to believe it. The thing that has, hasn't changed is the mission, but the level of urgency has. That's the very thing that's changed. You see, one of the things that we didn't go into in detail uh, recently, when we were talking about the future and what God wants to do, but when I was receiving prophetic words for me, for what I believe was the next season for me, what I was always interested in is not just what God wants to do here and now, but it was almost like I've had several prophecies talking about that the urgency is on. And actually, for me, that's the key thing. Do you know what? I can't get worried about how I'm going to do all these things and how I'm going to preach and do all the things in the next season because the urgency is so strong. We ain't got time to worry about that. The urgency is so strong on all you that you shouldn't think, how am I going to do these things? Can I ever step up to the challenge to speak? Can I ever step up to the challenge to go out and speak to my work friends and build the church? You haven't got time to think about that. 
And I'm starting to learn that we've just got to keep running. Keep running. Because the urgency's on. The urgency's on for us to preach the word. The good news invested in us. The other day, I was cycling to work. Um, I cycled about three, four miles to work, and I was going down the uh, guided bus route down King's Hedges. And as I was, I was riding down on the on the cycle track, there was no one around, and in front of me on the cycle track, there was um, I saw a passport on the floor. And I thought, what? There's a passport here, so I stopped, picked it up, looked, and there's this uh, this young lad in the back. It was a British passport. And I saw this passport and I thought, you know, this is a serious bit of a document. It needs to be, probably, I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I probably need to take it to the police station. And if I lost my passport, I'll be hoping someone handed it in. So I picked up this passport and straight away I just didn't know what to do. I just put it in my pocket. I thought when I get to work, I'll decide what I'm going to do. And I put it in my pocket. And then I carried on riding for a, a few hundred yards, carried on down this, this track. And as I went round the bend, I just looked to the right, <coughs> where the, um, the other side of the road where the guided bus uh, platforms are. And there's a crowd of people waiting to, for the next bus to come. And as I rode past on my bike, I just briefly looked down the line. And I'd only looked once in this passport and put it in my pocket. And I briefly looked down this line. And as I looked, one person just come out to me out of them all. I thought, That's, is that the lad I've just looked at? And I went past and I didn't even have the opportunity to look at him and keep checking. So I thought, I have a decision here. What are these traffic lights? Do I? And I'm looking back at the crowd back. Do I go back and see, walk through the crowd and see if it is the guy? Or do I just carry on to work and do the police station thing and hand it in later and let someone else deal with it? And I stood there I thought, what shall I do? And I turned around and I crossed over the road. I thought, I'm just going to go. There's nothing spiritual in this. I was just going to go and give the guy his passport back if it was his. So I walked across, walked all the way back up to the crowd and walked on the platform with my bike through past all this crowd of people right to the point where I fed through and the guy was sat in, inside. He wasn't stood at the front. I walked right up to him and he wondered, I think he wondered what I was going to do. I said, listen, mate, I said, I'm sorry to trouble you. I said, but you haven't by any chance lost a passport, have you? And he said this to me, he said, no. He's a foreign guy. He said, no. And I thought, oh, I've got the wrong person. I said, are you sure? And I, as I looked at him, I still didn't get the So I got the passport out. I goes, what's your name? And he read his name, and it was the same name. It was the same name. And uh, this guy, uh, I looked at him, and I, I, as he said his first name, which was an unusual name, um, I, I said his second name. And he goes, yeah, and I just saw the picture straight away and gave it to him. I goes, there you go, mate. You've lost your passport. And it, I think he couldn't believe it because, and I couldn't believe it because I didn't even see the passport near the bus stop. It was round the bend. So, But I, straight after that, I felt God speak to me and say this, and I want to encourage you with this, that he said this, that there's many people out there today who've got a citizenship in heaven, a lost passport. There's many people walking past you every day, that have got a lost passport that says that they have citizenship, if they want it, in the kingdom of God. And you have a choice that when you know you've got these passports in your hand, that you can either take the risk, go through the crowd and look for the people, 
Or you can just hand it in for someone else to do later. And I took the risk. And it was great, a great feeling when I gave it to him. And I thought, that guy's got it back. There's just, he hasn't had nothing to, he didn't even know he'd lost it. He didn't even know he'd lost it. And that's the case for a lot of people today. People don't know that they have a citizenship in heaven. They have no idea that they've got a lost passport. And you have it. You have the news. It's simple. It's not complicated. What you've been learning for years here is very simple stuff. But it's the choice. Do you just leave it? Don't talk or don't embarrass yourself climbing through the people with a bike on the platform. Do you embarrass yourself and take the risk? Or do you actually look for these people to give them it? To say you have lost it because this... You have a citizenship in heaven if you want it. The next season for us is going to demand us to take bigger risks, not just me. If you want to see the church grow, if you want to see the kingdom of God advance in this city, we're going to have to take some big risks. Amen? It's not about me. It's about us all. Matthew 5, verse 14 to 16 says this. And I've... I've got it here in um, the message version. Matthew 5, verse 14 to 16. It's great in the message. It says this. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be a light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God. This generous Father in heaven. What amazing bit of scripture that is in the message. That we're the light. We're the light and we need to go public with our faith. The mission of the church today is to go public. If you want to see the church grow and you want to see the next season, we're going to have to start going public. And that's going to require us to think of ways. These are the the ways we're going to have to think. New ways, ideas, strategic ways of Getting the word out. And sometimes that's just in your own workplace. Inviting someone to come. And seeing the church grow. Not just waiting up here for anyone to just walk up the stairs. To proclaim means this. When he said proclaim the good news, it says to announce officially or publicly. Or to declare something one considers important With due emphasis. I know I consider the word of God and the good news important. So therefore we should have due emphasis on it. And proclaim the news. Number two. The second thing we see in this scripture is to see his wonders. Amen. Jesus said in Luke 4, blind eyes will open. And prisoners will be set free. Jesus has commissioned 
to his disciples in Mark 16 verse 15 says this. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. Then it says this, after they listened to what Jesus said, in verse 20, then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. Everywhere. And the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. He says they went everywhere. You have got the word of God, the good news invested in you. And we need to go out everywhere in this city to reach the lost. He says this, that the Lord will work with you. Sometimes I wonder whether because we don't go out and we don't do these things, God is just saying, just please go out. You'll see my will. You'll see the church grow. I want to encourage you, we're going to see days when there will be multiple services in here. There'll be days when we won't be able to fit the people in here. I guarantee you. I guarantee you that. Because if you want to see the church grow and be effective in this community, in this city, we have such an amazing city to reach. We have such an amazing city to reach. Do you know if Jesus walked in here today, just be like, look at all, look at the opportunity you have. We are up against intellectualism, I know. We're up against, when we come with what we have to say, that people have a mindset that, of knowledge that we have to fight through. But Jesus, with Jesus, nothing's impossible. If we publicly declare the word everywhere, signs and wonders will accompany it. We've seen it. We saw the DVDs we were watching about going out on the streets and speaking to people and seeing the sick healed. I know that it will happen for us. I can see it already. You see, I believe God shows me spiritually what is going to happen because he has to to encourage us to keep doing it in the natural, to keep pushing on. And I really believe we're going to see some of the people that are starting to um, rise up in the church at the moment with gifts of prophetic that are going to start using it outside the, the doors of this church. Speaking to individuals on the street. Seeing the sick healed in front of them. If you want it, it's going to happen. You know, the Mission Impossible, the, the TV program years ago said this. It said, if you want to cho- it, the, here's the mission, if you choose to accept it. You have to choose to accept it. You can either just come to church and enjoy the ride. Or you can choose to accept a mission that's been given to you. It's not my mission, it's his. Amen. The first century mission to the church is the same as the 21st. Expect wonders. Some people in churches today don't think that wonders, signs and wonders can happen. They don't even want healings because they're worried about if, what if someone doesn't get healed. I was chatting to Tim this morning who still got a bad back. We prayed for him several times. Do you know he still rejoices? He still 
comes with a smile on his face, stood at the front. Because this he's learnt by good teaching that it's not about us being immortal. None of us are immortal. If you were immortal, people would probably come to the church. You'd, you'd pack the place out, but they would, they'd be coming for a different reason. You see, we're not immortal. We do get ill. We get sick. There were th- uh, several people here a while back that I gave uh, some um, word of knowledge over for dental problems who were healed in the meeting. And God touched them. And as I gave that uh, the word of knowledge that day, I had a pain in my tooth. And I still got it today. But do you know what? It doesn't bother me. It doesn't, it doesn't worry me because it's not about, um, are we going to always feel perfect? God is looking at us all the time of when we've got ailments and we feel, we feel down and feel sick. Are you going to still rise above that and trust me and walk the walk? Job did. Job did, didn't he? Even when everything attacked him, he still stood on the word. He still stood on the foundation of God. And I want to encourage you this. We need to push for miracles and healing, but not worry when things don't happen the way we want it to. Tim might not get healed in, the, in, in, in a miracle. And he said today, he says, I'm taking the tablets. He says, good on you. Keep taking them. There's nothing wrong with doing that. But if God wants to heal him, it will be in his time, not my time. But we should expect wonders. We should push for it. Not get worried when we don't see things happening. Because sometimes I've prayed for someone. It's happened immediately. Sometimes I've seen nothing happen. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't do wonders. Joel prophesied, didn't he, in the last days. He said, in the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy. I will show you wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. People in this church are starting to rise up in spiritual gifts. Signs and wonders will occur. I tell you, if you want more of the prophetic, keep pushing for it. Fan into flame the gifts of the Spirit. Fan into flame. If you're hungry and saying, I want to move in spiritual gifts, just ask God. Seek them. Say, God, I want this. I don't want to just go to church. I want to, I want to be used. I want to be used. Because God will use you. It's simple. There's not a complicated process. There's no initiation program that he, he tries to bring you and say, you've got to this level now and I'm going to give you some gifts. Do you know what? I've been operating in prophetic gifts for quite a while. But do you know what? Sometimes people talk to me about prophetic and say, you know, you could teach people that. Do you know what? I don't, all I know is God speaks to me. There's no, I, I could try and teach you about it, about the ways and I, I do and I will. But do you know what? It's simple. God speaks. And he just wants to talk to us. He really does. And if anyone ever tells you in any prophetic conferences that it's difficult and there's levels of hearing from him, don't listen to it. Because he even speaks to you in your own time in the word. He's not a God who hides. And he doesn't hide miracles either. He's just looking for a church and a generation to rise up and say, I believe this. I believe what you said, Lord. And I believe what in, in, in the Acts of the Apostles, what they were doing, we can do also. I speak to so, so many people in, who go to church and they just don't even want to talk about uh, spiritual gifts and healing. I'm thinking, 
what is church about to you then? Because these are the tools that have been given to us. I'll tell you what. I want the Joel prophecy to come true in this church and it's going to. Signs and wonders are going to just be falling in this place. People rising up. What I love is this, that people are starting to rise up in, in gifts in here. And, you know, I, I used to feel as though sometimes, please, please, Lord, let others be used in gifts. And it's just amazing for me to see people doing it. And I want to encourage you to keep on doing it. To step out in faith in this kind of way, to... To do the kind of things I'm talking about. You know, when I told you about being at work recently, the, the testimony of me speaking to the guy in the toilets and stuff and, and revealing some things to him. Nothing special about what I had. Just God wanted to speak. But I really felt God said this, that if you do these, these things, if we put into practice some of these things, he says this, that it's going to be like taking the church from third gear into fifth gear. You're going to see a, a massive increase. And I want the church, this church, to move into fifth gear. To a point where it is just, it's just ticking over at such a speed. But it means that we have to step out. We have to take risks. But let me tell you this. I really felt God say this. The greatest wonder of all. Signs and wonders are amazing. The healings. The prophetic. The gifts. All these things are great. But the Lord says this today to us. That the greatest wonder is his salvation. The greatest wonder that we should pursue in the next season is the salvation. The salvation of the saints. You know, he says this in 1 Peter 1. It says that even the angels look and marvel at salvation. They're in a place, the angels, where they see perfection. There is no sickness. So they see actually healing in its fullness. They see all the great attributes of God. But yet, he says they marvel at salvation. Aren't we privileged? They, look, they must look and think, how amazing it is that man who's fallen, that God is soul of the world, that he came. He wanted to go down to earth, a rotten earth, full of sin, and save humanity. And it says the angels who are with God now, worshipping and praising, marvel at what we have. The greatest wonder for this next season that you want to see in this place is people Coming out to the front and getting saved. People getting saved in the cafe. People saying, I want to be saved. When you go out on the streets and you pray for someone and their leg gets healed. Not that their legs just got healed, but they say, tell me more about this Jesus who's just done this. Because that's the whole point of the miracles. And the greatest thing that we should pursue in the next season is that the lost assault. And brought into the kingdom. Because the only reason why God gave us all these tools. Is for that reason. To seek and save the lost. And Jane said it the other week. We want to see tears of repentance. This carpet. Tiles being replaced because the carpet's ruined. Yeah. That's what we want to see. People coming in here and we're saying. The leadership are talking about how we're going to cope with these meetings. We need to do more services. And let me tell you this. I even dare to believe this, and some people say, what? I even dare to believe that one day we might not even be in this building. You know, you can look around and say, it's beautiful, I love it. Everything that we dreamed of is here. But God says this, think bigger. Think bigger. Think outside the box. You see, 
We can't just think about these seats just in here, about filling them and even multiple services. We have to think outside the box and I'll encourage you this. We have to take risks to see it. And I'm not into trying to get uh, massive churches just for the sake of having numbers. I'd rather have a few people who are willing to worship God more than anything. But God has given, God has given us a commission, a mission to seek and save the lost. And when Peter says that they preached in, in Acts, he says that thousands, they were, numbers were added daily because they wanted to see people come in. They wanted to see the kingdom of God advanced. And I believe that if we uh, treat what we have well now, what we, what we can see now, God will give us something bigger. You have to look after what you've got first. He's looking to see how are you going to use the tools already that you've got. You see, I believe that the first generation of this church, to what we have now, we treated the tools we had very well. With what we had, what we brought, we, had the, we were almost like we were maxing out the capacity of everything we had. And that's what God's asking now. Not for some empty seats in here. He's asking us to max the capacity out of this place. So that he can say, right, you've done that. Now I'm going to take you to the next season. And we've got to do these things. We've got to advance the kingdom. Amen. One of the things is this. We have a duty to, to, to be uh, for the people out there outside on the streets. We have a duty to them to rescue them. And I remember when, um, when I went up to Hunstanton. Who knows Hunstanton? There's a place up on the coast. A few years ago, we went up on a summer's day. We were sat on this beach, beautiful beach. And then all of a sudden, we noticed there was an accident on the beach. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, comes the big uh, helicopter, the air ambulance, and lands in the middle of the beach. And is rescuing this lady who hurt her leg. And I thought, how amazing it is that when someone's hurt the leg right here, that this ambulance comes and rescues her and lands on the beach. And the people with these expertise come out. And, and I just thought, if something happens like that, and you see it on, on the TV, on these documentaries, when people are out in the middle of nowhere, and these, I think it's like programs like 999. And what's amazing is this, that people are ready and waiting to be rescuers, to help And we need to be just like them. You've all been built up with the word. Developed. And you can either just sit here and become stagnant. Or you can go out and use it. And let me tell you, when you use it, it'll fill you again with more. If you release it, it'll fill you again with more. Sometimes I used to say to myself, with the prophetic, if I start releasing words, I'm not going to have any more words left. But God just kept saying, just keep releasing and I'll keep filling you. And you have to. And sometimes I don't even know what I've said to people. And that doesn't matter, does it? Rob said the other week, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but he said to me, he said, I, sent a, I gave you a word, he goes, I can't remember what I said. I goes, that don't matter, mate, but I remember it. But he, he was spot on. He was spot on. Reinhard Bonnke said this, and one day we'll look at it again, but he, he talks about the reaching the lost. And he says this, the, we're supposed to be a lifeboat to people, not a pleasure boat. A lifeboat and not a pleasure boat. We can either just enjoy the ride up here, as though this were the ship, the pleasure boat, the cruise ship. Or we can go out as a lifeboat saying we need to rescue people in. And these are the greatest wonders. We want to see signs and wonders in the next season, but these are the greatest wonders. The next thing is we should do his works. 
Jesus said he wants to see the oppressed free. In other words, we need to help the helpless. That's what it means. We need to help people. See, we can have all the great things, people getting healed. And salvation, that's amazing, but we need to help people sometimes. Some people need to be helped into the kingdom of God. And they're not, sometimes it says this in Jude, I believe it says we have to rescue people from the fire. Sometimes we have to snatch them, or sometimes we have to be gracious. And actually, what we need to remember is, and I'm always like this, every person I meet, I analyze them, try to think, how can I rescue you? What's the best tactics we could use? When the person goes to rescue someone on a cliff, they're looking straight away, the paramedics are looking, what's the best way to do this? This is a different scenario to the last one. How do we do this one? Do we lower stretches down the cliff or do we do certain things? And it's different strategies. Because people are hurt in different ways. And we need to think like that. Not straight away going in for the attack every time with the same method. But Jesus used different ways. We have to be shrewd sometimes. Thinking of ways of how to, to approach people and bring them into the kingdom. And because you, there's no methodology in it. But we have to do his works. Sometimes we have to do things to help people. I remember a church up north. It's a big church called Abundant Life. Many of you might know of it. But many years ago, I watched uh, some DVD uh, years ago this. And I always, I'll never forget what it said. And it talked about that people that went out to the streets and asked people at the bus station, do you um, know where Abundant Life Church is? It was an Abundant Life DVD. We said, do you know where Abundant Life is? This church, this big mega church in Bradford. And quite a few people said this on the street as they asked them. Yes, I know where that is. That's the church that helps people. That's the church that helps people. Not, that's the church where they speak in funny tongues. That's the church where, yeah, weird things going on. It's like a cult. And we don't understand what's going on inside this big warehouse thing. None of that. It was, that's the church where people help people. But yet all the great attributes were, pro- were happening there as well. But they were known for that. And we need to be known as a church that helps people as well. Some people sometimes need help rather than a prophecy. They need us to help them. Isaiah 58 says this in the message. This is the kind of fast day that I'm after. To break the chains of injustice, get rid of exploitation in the workplace, and free the oppressed. There it is again. Free the oppressed. Cancel debts. He says, what I'm interested in seeing you do is this. Sharing your food with the hungry. Inviting the homeless poor into your homes. Putting clothes on the shivering ill-clad. Being available to your own families. Do this and the lights will turn on. And your lives will turn around at once. Your righteousness will pave your way. The God of glory will secure your passage. Then when you pray, God will answer. And you'll call out for help and I'll say, here I am. See, God's interested in us helping the oppressed. He's, he's interested in what we want to do. And I love that bit of scripture there in the message. It says, do this and the lights will turn on. Do this. And the lights will turn on. How many times have you heard it when we hear people say, oh, the lights just turned on, I understand now. 
God says this. It's not about all the other attributes. It's about do these things and the lights will turn on. And he says this, doesn't he? He says, then when you pray, if you do these things, then when you pray, God will answer. You'll call out for help and I'll say, I mean, how many people want to hear God say this? Here I am. So next time we have prayer meetings downstairs, in the future we want to be coming in after in the week we're saying, I've been doing this for someone, I've been helping someone, I'll tell you what, there'll be an explosion. Because God will be wanting to answer our prayers because he sees we're doing things first. There's a challenge in this community today and there's many things that the church is already doing. We do cap money and you can be involved in some of the programs here that we do. I know that one of the things that we've heard many times, fit for a king, people helping out in homes and doing things for people. Down this community here, just doing someone's garden, we can think about ways where we can help people and they say, that's the building where they help people. They can learn the rest later. Let's just help them first. You might have ideas and you might have things that you want to do. Come and see us. Come and talk to us. But we need to run with these things and not just come up with a quick idea and then forget about it. We need to be passionate and giving in to these things. Amen. Matthew 16 verse 25 says, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. Forever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life will find it. Some of us are going to have to lose our lives to help people. Sometimes we have to give away things, time. The biggest thing that we have is our time. And when we say Isaiah 58 says, do this and the lights will turn on. We can give our time away and do some of these things and it says the light will come on. Not that the light will be turned off that you'll think I'm tired and this is just a waste of time. Jesus says, if you do these things, the light will turn on. Matthew 16 again says this, there's a reward for us for such works. You say, well, what's in it for me? If you want to know what's in it for you, I mean, some people are not bothered whether they're in it, <laughs> there's anything or not. But Jesus says this, for the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels and he will reward each person according for what they've done. So you're going to get something back, but it's not now. God says he's going to reward people. He's looking on the day. He's going to say, thanks for doing that thing. Thanks for painting that person's house. Thanks for doing this when the garden when they needed it. Because you did it for me. You did it just for me. That's the whole reason you were doing it. Because there's always that priority in our minds. Kingdom. Kingdom. God. Jesus. We're doing it for you. And finally, to come to a close, the last thing is see his will. He says, this is the year of the Lord's favor, he said at the end of that scripture. All these things he said, but he says, this is the year of the Lord's favor. And I believe that we're in a season of the Lord's favor. Amen? Not that we've not had any other favor any other time, but sometimes he increases his favor. And he's going to have to increase his favor on me because I'm going to need his help. Amen? That's why he has to increase his favor. Because he knows I need help. But this is the year of the Lord's favor. The season that's coming. And you've got to see that. Open your spiritual eyes today and see that there's an opportunity. See, young people in here, there's an opportunity for you to rise up in gifts, talents. Aaron, you playing electric guitar. There's a, there is an opportunity for the youth to have a band, to do all these great things, to rise up the next generation. Or you can just sit back and say, well, you know, I'm going to attend church. You can make church what you want it to be. Amen? See his will. 
If we continue to do this, God's favor will be poured out on us in unprecedented measures, I believe. I, I just want to briefly share this. That Recently I shared um, a prophetic vision I, uh, or picture I saw of in this church that this whole place was filling up with water. It was like it was filling up with so much pressure. And I, was, I saw from the outside, it was like the windows were blown out. And the water just poured out of this place. And God said this, you've built your church, the walls, but are you ready to tear down the walls now to let it come out? And I just really felt God say this, if you want to see the church grow, it's got to come out of these, this place. It's got to. It's got to. It's the only way you're going to see it. So we have to think strategic ways to see his will and his favor in this next season of ways we can do that. It's time to tear down the walls and let Cambridge know the best kept secret, amen? Because I think it is. It's a great secret here. People don't know about it. And that takes us, evangelists, to speak about it. To say to people at work, come, people got healed. This happened. I've got no problems in telling people at work anymore. It's just that that tired of hearing it, I just stopped. <laughs> I've got no problems in, in, in being, uh, you know, putting myself out for, for God. No problem at all. I'll, I'll say it to anyone. And that's not bragging. I just do it because I think, what else are we here for? What else are we here for? What else are we going to church for? We're, complete waste of time if you're not going to share your faith. It's a complete waste of time. So I'm, I'm always like that. I just think one day I'm going to be in a box and it's, it won't be long. It goes quick. So let's just take the time. The urgency is here. I encourage you today, the next season, to think like this. Nobody knew about the church, did they, in Wales? Many of you heard about the church in Wales at the moment that's seen the, the revival. If you think about it, no one really knew about the church down there until the revival happened. And that can happen here. No one knows about this place, but it only takes something of God to be stirred up in the people. That's what he's looking for. And let me tell you, this place one day could be on the map for people coming. And not that we just want people to attract because we want showmanship. What we want is people to, to come and see what the church should be like. It will come with criticism. You'll have all these kind of things come. But I'll tell you, I'm prepared for the criticism to have the great things of God. So much, I know I'm running out of time, but I just, I really feel God wants to share these things with us today. In Acts 3, when the guys went up to the lame beggar outside, what I love about that scripture is this, not just a miracle occurred when they said, silver and gold we don't have, but in the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. Then they went into the, te into the temple, and he says he was leaping and praising God. The whole thing that brought that man into the temple was because they operated outside the temple. They operated outside the, the, the church. That brought another person into the church, leaping and praising God. And if you want to see people come in, you've got to start going outside the doors to do it, to see his will. You see, I remember when I was in school, in science lessons, they would, the teacher would come and they'd mix certain things together to show ke chemical reactions. And I really feel God says this to us today, that... When, when you see these things, you can have, th you can have several different um, chemical components. I'm no science teacher, so I've got no idea what I'm talking about here. You can see several different chemical components sat on a table that mean nothing or do nothing on their own. But when they're combined together, there's a reaction that happens. Such a, a reaction that can cause explosions sometimes, and the, the science teacher even wonders what's going on. But I just really felt God say this, that 
Be prepared to take the things you've got in front of you. It's almost like he's saying to us all today, you've got these things in front of you. Gifts. People have got gifts here to help the poor, help people. There's people here who've got a desire to see the spiritual gifts. There's people who want to see healings. And there's people who are really passionate about the word. God says this, if you as a church get together as a body and start to bring these together so they work together, there'll be a, a chemical reaction that occurs that is different from if they're all just separated. And God says if that happens, it will, it's like an explosion. And it's the very thing that will call, be the catalyst for it to get out. Because it was so powerful. These things have to be together like a chemical reaction. Just finally finish with this. Because I really believe this displays what the, the, the true church is in, in, in its operation. In Acts 2 verse 42. It shows us a church that's exercise, uh, when it's exercising these things. The Luke 4 principles. And I really think it just it brings the flavor. Let's just finish with this. It says, they devoted themselves... To the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. That means preaching. They devote themselves to the, the teaching and the preaching. To the breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs. They saw signs and wonders performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who, need, uh, who had need. And they helped the oppressed there, didn't they? That's what they did. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They would see it again. It's important to be at church. It's important to be together. Every day, they met in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. But the great thing is this. Combine all the elements together. Combine all of those things together. Preaching, as we've just heard in that bit of scripture for that church. Signs and wonders. Helping the oppressed. He says this, the last one, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Amen. All them things will bring the lost if we put them together. His favor was upon them. There's so much opportunity for us here as a church. And some of you have seen, I don't know if you're on, if you're not on Facebook, we've been advertising it, but there's the School of Ministry. That's going to be occurring here in the next couple of weeks. Where Peter really wants to invest in, in, the, in the last few months of him being here. Some of the things to teach others who want to be interested in, in, in ministry. And that's not doesn't mean about standing up here and preaching. It's about encouraging people in the prophetic and all these things to see these, these uh, chemical reactions take place. And I really believe God wants that. And I want to encourage you, if you've never been to midweek meetings, come. Come and listen to what's going to be said. Because this could be your opportune time to say, you know, I'm going to stand up for this season. I'm going to stand up for the next season. Because I really believe there's people in here who've left gifts dormant. Set aside and they're just, God wants to just start birthing up gifts in people. And using you all for his kingdom. Everyone stand, we're just going to pray. Thank you for listening and we trust that the word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.